Hey, goobers. Guess who's here? It's Alex. I'm here with my buddy. What's up? It's Sean, Gorilla Boy. You know, the guy with the long arms and short legs. So you're uh, Tauntaun. No, that's the opposite. Oh, that's right. You're... <laughs> All right, guys. Just uh, before we start the podcast, we want to give a shout out to the podcast sponsors. First and foremost, as always, shout out to Choke Aloha. Check out ChokeAloha.com. Use the promo code Jujitsu Radio. Choke means a lot, by the way. Choke means a lot? Mm-hmm. Does it really? Yeah. I did not know that. You did not know that. Now you do. Choke means a lot? The more you know. Choke means a lot. A lot. It's pigeon. Are you just like bullshitting me? No, right you can look it up. All right. I believe you. Kind of. Use the promo code Jujitsu Radio. Get 20% off at chokealoha.com. Show some support for our very first podcast uh, supporter. Uh, shout out to Leah and everyone over at the Chocoloha team for always being supportive. And if you don't want to smell bad like Sean, go to Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. Get yourself some soap. It's actually pretty good. Have you tried it yet? Did I give you a bar yet? You didn't give me shit. Good. Because it's all for me. That's how good it is. I don't want to fucking shit. It's so good. Actually, I do got to get you a bar. It's really, really good. They actually did a... a collab bar with uh mcdojo shut the front door and it's actually one of my favorite ones. actually they for a while i don't know if he still has it or not they had a fight club soap bar oh so it's actually pretty cool so check out jujitsu soapco.com use the promo code jj radio get 10 percent off your complete order tell them i sent you tell them daddy loves you and you'll get hooked up i also want to give a shout out to a uh, really solid uh, podcast supporter, Giraffe Choke. Giraffe Choke is uh, is run by a good friend of mine, and um, he's been extremely supportive of the podcast since day one. So I really appreciate it, guys. Give him a follow. Go check out Giraffe Choke. I don't have a promo code, but it doesn't matter because it's worth every penny. Go check him out. Um, and also, before we start the podcast, special podcast, go check out Want versus Need. WantVersusNeed.com. If you listen to the podcast, you'll understand why. But follow them on Instagram. Check out the website. Get yourself some cool jujitsu gear. It's not just about training. It's also about the lifestyle and uh, by any means necessary. We got a pretty cool podcast today. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I got this song fucking stuck in my head now because of this guy. You can call me Betty. Betty, when you call me, you can... Call me out. Call me out. Are you done? Yes, I'm done. Thank you. We got to get this podcast started, guys. Everybody, please check out the pod, uh, the the podcast. See, you got me fucked up with this stupid song now. Check out the sponsors. Go ahead, pick up some stuff, treat yourself, and don't be stinky. Get some soap. If you want to support the podcast, please go check out my website, mycosmicjourney.com. Go check out the blog. Go check out some of my artwork. Pick up some of my photos. Put them up on your wall. Look like a human being, civilized office artwork. It'd be pretty cool. Go follow Sean, Gorilla Boy, BJJ at everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, the Snapchat, except I don't do Snapchat. Weren't you so supposed to make like patches and stuff for Gorilla Boy? Oh, stuff? yeah, it's going to happen. You someday. lazy fuck. Whatever. Oh, go ahead and follow Sean. Go ahead and follow me, guys, too. Uh, Sunder Marketing is the company. If you want to check it out, always go subscribe. Share the podcast if you like it. I'm going to keep on rambling. That's because I love what I do. Today's uh, special guest is someone that I've been trying to get onto the podcast for quite a while. Why are you touching my shit? You don't need it no more. Don't touch it. I'm recording. Yeah, I know. I'm just. It's actually uh, someone that I've been reaching out to for quite a long time to try and get onto the podcast. Um, and the only reason. Henny Youngman. No. Okay. Can you not peek my microphone? Uh, whatever. I mean, we're not... literally like a foot away. You don't have to yell. I don't know. Can, I you, let yes. Can you let me introduce this guest? Yes. Can you let me introduce this guest? All right. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I wish. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> uh, no, this guy is uh, is someone that I reached out to for a long time. I've been a supporter of the company for quite a while. And, uh, you know, it's someone that, as you see from the podcast, that uh, I've kind of really paid attention to just to because I liked the way that he did everything from their film work to their jujitsu lifestyle apparel stuff. 
Allegora from Juan versus Need, all the way from California. He uh, super cool dude, man. Super gravy. Um, I was more than happy to be his excuse for getting out of Nogi training and having him jump onto the podcast. So without further ado, Allegora of Juan versus Need on Jiu Jitsu Radio. Da, 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 da. Shut up. Da, 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 da. You can't leave <laughs> Deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Keep stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators off. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Today is a special episode because not only am I joined by my good friend Sean Ambrosino. What's up, Sean? What's up, Alex? But we got a special guest all the way from California joining in remotely. The man himself, Al Lagura from Want versus Need. Al, thank you for joining. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. No, I know I know I kind of been bugging you for on and off for a couple of months to try and get you in. I just never had a real opportunity to nail down some time, so I, I'm glad we finally got to do this. Uh, the same here, man. You know, I usually say just hit me up and then I'll reply as much as possible because if, if people don't email me, I usually can't get back to them. So Yeah, you're one of the the few people that's truly, truly hands-on when it comes to their company for jujitsu. A lot of guys are they say they're hands-on, but they let other people take care of it. You're you're the man behind the scenes. Yeah, as for now, you know, as for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all gotta scale up at one point. Yeah. <laughs> so we do have a lot of uh, white belts and beginners and stuff like that when it comes to jujitsu. So I think it'd be just appropriate to give people a background of who you are and your company and just kind of where you came from and how you guys started up. Okay. So uh, One versus Need is a lifestyle brand. Uh, you know, the roots of our daily surrounding. Usually uh, a lot of the stuff that we come up with is a content that we produce and the culture around us you know, our communities and especially like relationship with friends. That's how we kind of come up with some, like a lot of our um, design and products. So, you know, the, the, the kimonos and t-shirt are just merch, but it, 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 a lot of our stuff involves a lot in and around the community. So it started as a personal blog uh, back in 2010. Uh, it, it started as a personal blog in 2010. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a byproduct by my environment. So, you know, I had a, tons of my friends that shot videos of us when, when I used to car race. So I felt like he was the only one that knew how to, how to make coverage of us. So, you know, that kind of like uh, got me thinking that I should be learning how to like shoot videos, how to shoot photos of myself and stuff like that. So when I started doing that, that kind of became my new passion and and eventually i stopped car racing and then i got into jiu-jitsu so when when i started training jiu-jitsu uh actually before i started training jiu-jitsu i started shooting a lot of my friends that was training and um you know i realized like back in you know early 2010 there wasn't a lot of media as of now. Like, you know, we have Flow Grappling now. We have a lot of these people. And even back then when, when they were doing it, they shot a lot of the black belts only. You know, they, they, they didn't give a lot of love to, like, lower belts. So when I got into it, I, 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 that was my mission is to shoot lower belts. And that, that kind of, like, became my motto is, like, you know, help uh, expose lower belts. So... That's kind of how I started into jiu-jitsu. And then, you know, years and years after, we started making products and here and, here and there. All right. It's the, the white, white belts are people too? <laughs> yes. That's how I felt when I started. A lot of people didn't give us love. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I know a little thing or two about, you know, making videos, making photos. So all I'm going to shoot is all my friends that are white belts and blue belts. So, 
see, that's a funny part. And that's like one of the reasons why I really wanted to to try and get you on the podcast because Sean will tell you, it's kind of like the same story for me, uh, where it's just I kind of started jujitsu and I did a lot of photography and video for, for bands. And that was kind of my business. And then I realized like, hey, I'm here the whole time anyway. Like, let me start taking some photos and videos of these guys. And it's it blew my mind how many people just didn't know, you know, who was standing next to him. Like normal people aren't going to realize, hey, I got Gilbert Burns next to me, a world champion. And then I have Tyrone Spong on the other side, like doing kickboxing. That's a world champion kickboxer. It's like, OK, I might as well start taking photos. I might as well start taking videos. Why not? And it, it became like my own business, too. But you came from racing. What kind of you did drift racing, right? Yeah, I did drifting and I did a lot of track racing events. Um, that was kind of like the spark my idea from from like where all my ideas from jujitsu. So right. I had a lot of background in racing. So yeah, I came. I came, um, My background was uh, we, I did when drifting started in the U.S. Uh, we were one of the first people or group of people that kind of uh, helped where it is now so what what made you stop racing um you know when you have that uh you know somewhat you found your passion and then your passion turns into a job and you it was so quick that you never realized it that wait a minute i have to do this for a job now and at the time i was very young and i wasn't ready so i was a, a very uh purist um car guy so and I started with a very like 1986 uh, Toyota Corolla rear-wheel drive. So and there's a lot of history around that car and a lot of fans behind that car, but it's definitely an outdated car. So when we started racing, we were able to keep up with all you know like the first two years maybe, and then next thing you know, Ford, Honda. Pontiac, they all came in as a manufacturer to like sponsors big names. And here I am, I was still, um, I was like, nah, let's keep it real. You know, let's, let's, let's keep it going with this car. And I know we could win, but just the fact is that our car was outdated. And um, even though we had about a half a million sponsor money, it wasn't enough. You know, we, we, we needed like more and, and sponsor did not want to sponsor older cars because you know it's just outdated they can't produce parts for it you know yeah but you you were also like like you said at the very forefront so you were probably at the time where you know unless you were a diehard you didn't know the the capabilities of like a skyline i was like when everybody wanted a skyline it was like impossible to get into the u.s oh yeah oh yeah like it was it at the time it was impossible i think now it's a little easier but it's still a little bit impossible you know yeah, and it's funny because uh, was it like two months ago? I was at the the Barrett Jackson auction, and you know you're walking around and seeing all these amazing classic cars, and I pass right by an old school Skyline, and I'm the only one staring at it with my jaw dropping. <laughs> and you know these guys are like they have no clue what they're standing next to. I mean, I grew up uh, watching Formula One, oh, okay. so Formula One and Rally were my thing growing up. Yeah, I just but. speaking of Formula One. I just went to uh, uh, Superbike at uh, Laguna Seca, and then I ran into uh, uh, a bu- not really a buddy of mine, but I know who he is, uh, Bill Patterson, and he 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 does like a really really massive art drawing of like all Formula One cars, and he just hooked me up with a uh, uh, one of a kind uh, uh, Senna um, um, drawing. Shut up! You're gonna have to show me that one. Yeah, 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 to- yeah. You have to post that one because that was that was my guy growing up. Even though my team was Ferrari, I was born in Italy, so my team was obviously Ferrari. Oh, so that was but, hard for you then, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like on the low. I just didn't let everybody know. It's like, yeah, I'm a big A. Orton Santa fan, <laughs> but it's crazy, you know. Like even so, so long after like he passed away, how big of an impact he had on Formula One. Oh yeah, I think uh, at the time he was ahead of his time, and he was the the best driver there was at the time. You know, like people talk about Michael Schumacher that you know they like won like yeah. five times, but that was after when all this technology came. But like before that, it was all about driving, and uh, Senna was like the, the best. Yeah. It was him between him and like Alan Prost, like oh just yeah, they, yeah, they were um, what's it called? Uh, they, they hated each other. 
Yeah, they hated it. If you watch any documentary, it was so amazing to see how much they hated each other. And did you know that Alan is now running his, uh, his um, Ayrton Sienna's, um, what's it called, uh, foundation? No, I had no clue. Yeah, yeah. He runs his foundation. I think, uh, you know, after he passed away, uh, I think uh, Alan stepped in and, you know, ran the, the whole um, foundation. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's not something that anybody would have ever predicted for sure. No. no. <laughs> so, so what did you think about the, the Laguna race? It's funny. You know, I've raced so many tracks um, all over the, you know, like uh, I've raced uh, all over California and maybe outside of California, like, you know, Texas and uh, Atlanta. Laguna mm. Seca is the only track that I have never um, raced in. So... I was I was super stoked to see it, you know. Like I, it was uh, when I was there, I was just like, man, I would I would I would have loved to drift this place. But there was some. Re- I, I think they never had drifting there, so I never really went, you know. But it was right. awesome. Yeah, it was my first time seeing super bikes. Um, so yeah, it was great. That's awesome. And now, I mean, it's cool because you see they're trying to get Formula One more into the U.S. There's only one race in. Uh, in texas i believe and now they're trying to get it into miami but they can't seem to win anybody over down here yeah yeah i know i don't there's somewhat uh i don't know something weird about americans and formula one uh, and soccer (laughs) and soccer yes something about it like it's the biggest sport in the world like soccer and formula one and i don't know what it is that how how come american can't get behind it I can tell you exactly why, Al. <laughs> it's because Americans only like what they invent. If you look at the sports that are big in America, mm-hmm. they started in America. I guess. I mean, that's not bad. I was going to say more. It's like if there's not a possibility of a consistent train wreck of accidents, they're not going to watch. Like that's the one thing you want to avoid in Formula One or any kind of racing. But NASCAR is like, yeah, there's a high chance someone's going to crash. And then the other thing is Americans pride themselves on their toughness and then soccer people flop over left and right. Mm. So it's like, do you want to idolize this guy? Yeah. You know what's funny? It's it's probably like the, the best example of what Americans really think about Formula One is just uh, Talladega Knights, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> like that's probably the best example. Yeah. So – you started the company. Now you're you're kind of really pushing it out there. And I mean, you you're kind of one of the first ones. Do you see a real big shift on the kind of attention that the apparel and the lifestyle and everything is getting? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, when when I started, I I saw like this was the very first hand I've seen. Like when I started in jujitsu, was like I've seen guys with like this geese that looks ridiculous and the patching patching didn't match at all like i didn't understand like i just couldn't wrap my head around it like i kept i kept asking my friends like why is it like that why is one circle smaller than the other one but they're next to each other i don't i didn't get that and then i finally started to you know see it that it's it's what people what brands produce so um, I think now nowadays, uh, I mean, a lot of it have shifted from like, you know, the the geese to being um, a need to a one. Mm. You know, shout out to one versus need. But you know, it's it's <laughs> awesome defi- product placement. <laughs> so it's definitely have shifted from like a need to want. And um, but yeah, I do see it. I mean, a lot of people now, you know, uh, like shout out to like you know uh, other gee brands that have been leading the way. Uh, OTM, uh, Lucky Geese, uh, Shoyrol, um, they've, they've kind of changed the game in my opinion. And, you know, we just happened to be right behind it. And, you know, we saw, you know, first of all, like we, I also came from um, sneaker and streetwear. So yeah. I know how important to, to have like that collection or, that limited run or that kind of stuff because you know i grew up in jordans i grew up on all that so i I, i've I've seen it and when we came in we knew what we wanted to do we didn't want everyone to like 
have the same t-shirt we don't want you know we don't want to produce thousands of the same thing so yeah no now in 2018 we've definitely seen how much the uh the the community have shifted from from just okay what whatever i can get as a gi or whatever i can get as a product i'm gonna buy that but now there's like selection of things like oh wait a minute you know like just between sizes of like a1 and a2 and a3 and a4 so they can it fits better and you feel better and you fight better right yeah well it's funny because uh talking about the jordans and stuff like that the the availability now in comparison to what it used to be i mean to to get an old pair of jordans back in the day was was a battle now it's you just gotta stand in line or you just wait for someone to to post them up on ebay or something yeah and, yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of uh buy and resale now too i mean it, there's there it's huge now like it's yeah. there's a whole culture of it you know like it's, it's insane i mean i was definitely sucked into it too when when I was in college and things like that, I mean, I I was more obsessed with the original Kobe's, those Spaceman shoes. I would did everything to try and get those. Otherwise, <laughs> it was only the sevens. I was only in love with the Jordan sevens. Now it's like eh, it's not as exclusive. Everybody's getting them. Yeah, yeah. yeah you young whippersnappers worried about shoes. <laughs> Sean's all about the the Converse and the Vans. Vans, man. Hey, I, I love those too, all right? I, I do. I have, I have a few of those. But, you know, I was never a Kobe fan just <laughs> because I was uh, – it became from Michael Jordan to Allen Iverson. And yeah. Allen Iverson couldn't win a game or, I mean, a championship because of, of the Bulls and then the, the Lakers after. So I was never a fan of Kobe. So I, didn't, I don't have one Kobe shoes or, you know, I don't <laughs> – don't don't worry. Yeah, there's a ton of people the same way. I mean, everyone had their their picks. So those Iverson, I remember the 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 threes were like the biggest ones. The questions. Yeah. <laughs> and then actually, you know who never got really in that much credit was T Mac. T Mac never got that much credit. He had some of the nicest shoes too. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're not in the forefront of like you know, doing it or being like almost like being the best or whatnot. Like you get overshadowed with a lot. Like I, I, I truly believe like Allen Iverson got overshadowed a lot by Kobe too, you know? Yeah, but what do you guys know about them Hakeem Olajuwon? <laughs> hey, don't. <laughs> he was, Who he was those out? Who put the, was it K-Swiss? Uh, was it? I don't know. I think so. I think it might be right. I think it might have been the K-Swiss. I remember they were like braided on the sides. Yeah, that was like when they were making the push and they had like, you could change the stripes on the side. All you had to do was like pull a little tab and you can change the the flare on it. It was so bad. Those shoes were so bad. <laughs> no, I remember. It was BK Knights. Oh, yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. That's those so were amazing, bad. man. You know, you can't, those were amazing. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so far back. Dude, I'm 45 years old. Suck it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so bad. So now you have the company to to a real – I mean, you're you're definitely in the forefront as far as jujitsu, and you don't have that flood of the market where you're keeping that, that availability. What is next, and, like, how do, you, how do you keep on moving and improving? Well, you know, one of the things that – we always focus in is every focus is like how do we how can we be um so like every year i have a goal right every year but the goal one of the goals that uh i you know i can't i could never i can't replace if it, even though like i'm trying to figure out like what's next because the, a goal has to have like a time stamp right like okay we gotta hit this so like like one of the goal that i have is just like i, I just want to create a community as much as possible like you you can be anywhere, but you can belong, right? An outsider being like an insider. So our goal is just to really create that community as much as possible. And you know, just like I said, you know, products and merch will always be there. Like there's other products that we can buy. There's always that you know. There's other brands that we can buy. But like we, our goal is just to really com- create a community, and 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 how we can help, like especially the like my friends or the athletes that that are coming up or. Or, or stuff like that. So that's not only my goal, you know, like I have, I have partners that that's really good at that. Like they, 
they figure it out like okay this is how much we need to do how much we sell like i don't get involved in that as much as i should but my goal is just to like okay how can we create and how can we how can we how can we keep give back to the community and then you do all like a lot of um collaborations too yeah we do we do we do a lot of collaboration but you know a lot of that is based on friendship you know like we have a a lot of the things that we do is like there's history about it you know like uh jiu-jitsu is a very small community as people think otherwise but so like a lot of these guys are just friends you know we just we have history about it we talk about it we're like hey what, what do you think of this like it's never like hey man we should do a co- collaboration like it's always like oh cool you do that i do that too oh man like l- let's figure it out how we can mix this together later on, you know? So do you feel like you're more creative now than when you started? Or do you feel like sometimes you have to pull in more from others? Um, well, the here's the thing now. have changed a lot for me anyways. In the past, like I'm, I'm designing everything by like maybe like weeks before we print or weeks before we do something. Now, the, ch- the change now is like I'm designing within six months now. So, so, that, so now it's like I don't really have to worry about have to pull in anything because I just have to pull myself and my team aside for a week or two to think about like, okay, well, let's design something within six to nine months from now and, and in, in hope that you know, that's, people can relate to it or what we're trying to do from here on. So I, I don't really... Uh, you know, like I, I'm surrounded by friends, you know, I hang out with my friends every day and um, y- y- like I-, I watch a lot of things, what's going on in the in the market. So there's just stuff that comes into me all the time. And I just make I, I just make notes all the time. I just list them all. So I don't really have to worry about like having to pull in like, oh, I, I need what can we do for here and there? But, you know, like I have, I have a very strong team and um, I don't think there's a problem for us for now. So like you're you're really far ahead of the game. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, we're still <laughs> we're still struggling to do like you know six months. Like it's really hard for us because you know my mind changes all the time. Like like I could I could do something today, and then within two hours I would tell my team no 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 we need to print less. Like I would say like okay let's do a hundred fifty of the shorts, and I would be like nah that's too much. Let's do a hundred only, or you know, it, it it still changes for me every day. Like, my team hates me for this, and they always try to tell me like, we need to stick to the plan. We need to stick to the plan. I say I get it, but sometimes like, I, my mind just goes ballistic sometimes. So, but yeah, we still struggle a little bit, you know. I mean, that's why you're the boss. You get to make those decisions. <laughs> no, but you know, I still have to respect their, uh, you know, their opinions too. So I can't be like, no it's 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 my way or the highway no i I listen to the guys too so it it you know i mean as much as like i love to run my own brand you know i respect my my team of of what they have to say because you know this there might be something that i can't see very far right because i'm only looking too close you know so some of these guys are trying to look as far as possible of what's going on in the market too you know so because right. me i was like oh how how sick would be this t-shirt let's print it tomorrow hurry up you know so some of the guys be like no 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 <laughs> we have something you know on schedule let's try to have that on schedule unless unless it's super super like hot that we need to do it so i think that's something though that that you touched on that a lot of people like in the general public don't realize how much work it actually takes to make a gi like it's not one of those. Oh yeah, we just get the fabric and we sew it together, and that's it. Like there, it's a whole schedule that you have to go on. Oh man, I had to. Yeah, it's it's a pain, you know. Um, I had to hire a production manager just to help us, um, kind of see where we at and when our when our you know kimonos are coming and what we're doing, and we need to get samples. And there's yeah, there's a whole list of things you you need to do in order to get a kimono, you know? So, but the more we do it, um, you know, the more it's, it gets a little bit easier. 
but it's still difficult because you're dealing with people overseas. Sometimes they don't understand what you're trying to do. Right. So you got to get on to this like late night phone call, phone calls and stuff like that. I've done plenty of those <laughs> when it comes to merchandise. But has it ever happened to you? And I mean, you can tell me mind my own business, but has it ever happened to you where, you know, you go through the whole production phase, you, you get the geese, they come in and then you say, you know what? I don't like these. I don't want to put them out and just have them sitting there. A couple of times. No, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get really critical on a lot of things when I have a vision of what I'm trying to do and it doesn't come out what, how we want it to be. Uh, but, you know, we always find an outlet, right? Like, I, you know, my, my, I think my team and I are creative enough to, to figure out how to get those out. But, yeah, it, it happened. I mean, I, I would just say like a couple times only, like maybe three times. But we figure it out what we need to do and we still got it out but not publicly. Oh, so it's kind of like a in-house, like exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so there's some dope geese going on right now that nobody else in the world is gonna get. That's hey, Al. That's hey, Al. That's horseshit. <laughs> so you know what? Speaking that's- with talking about Sean, let me ask you a question that's always kind of bugged me. How do you guys decide the measurements for the gee? Because my buddy over here is is rather husky at his height there. So, I mean, he's slimming down. He's slimming down. I'm hustling. So, anyway. How do you guys decide? Because I would technically be like an A3L, like, but I can't do an A4. So I, everybody has such a different cut. So what comes into the decision for the measurements? So, you know, we're not tr- – I mean, like I said, right, we, we came into this game um, kind of late, right? Like people have already done things in this market – that we saw and we just kind of came in and just fixed a little bit of the issue. But like there was already, there was already different sizing that was already in the market. And we just, we just got what, what we thought was the best, uh, gear in the market. We looked at it and we're like, okay, well, let's make adjustment from this. So, um, you know, we listen, we, like a lot of times we take a lot of notes of what the customer tells us or when they email us what's going on and, and stuff like that. So we, 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 we take a lot of notes. So we don't normally try to make any changes within that year, but we take notes for the next year. So that way when people buy something, they get the same thing. And then when we do change something, we let everyone know on our email, like, hey, FYI, this is a little, you know, slimmer than 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 before yada yada you know because at the end of the day we want to push you know our products to be better for for everyone right not just for myself like yeah in the past like i would be like oh how dope it is no i don't like that because it's not for me or you know i would just do this because it's for me but now it's like we're trying to really cater for everyone but to answer your question we we we, we just listen to what um the customer gives us feedback in regards to our current sizing because you know there's already there's already a manufacturer that is out there that's doing all this sizing right so you just get those measurement and you'd be like okay great let's do this let me sample this and when it comes back we're like no 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 this is too big so we need to we, we need to slim it down and that's how we kind of um yeah so just you know just time yeah but we're definitely more into the fitted side, right? Because we, I, like I said, I, I mean, you know, I came, my, my background is more like the, the sneaker culture and, and uh, fitted stuff. So we, we want to not have baggy pants and not have baggy geese, yeah. you know? We want to have that fitted, nice geese that when it's like almost wearing like, like a suit when you go to a job, you know? Yeah. Well, what I was thinking is the idea that's ready to pop is athletic fit. Like my suit jacket. No, no, not slim fit. Athletic. Athletic. Like it's wider in the back, but smaller in the waist. That's what my suit coats are. He's not going to design a gi just for you, Sean. Shut up, Alex. <laughs> Actually, Sean, we, we did, Sean. We, we have a few athletic fit pants. So if, um, you know, after this call... Give me you guys address. I'll send you guys some geese. But um, but we did have like with our and some of our pants. It would say athletic fit, 
because we 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 cut about half an inch on each side, you know, to to make it more to make it more have that look, you know, rather than They're like V cut. Yeah. So let me ask you this then talking about sizes. When you put everything together and obviously you're saying that you're taking, you know, the the measurements that are already out there and kind of tweaking everything. How much is the actual IBJJF rules on like fit and stuff like that come into play for you guys? Um, about 90%. Oh, wow. Yeah, we design everything based on IBJJF rules because in my opinion, it's the biggest um, events we have now, right? And it, it's it's hard to argue that, like you know, of course we have we have World Pro, you know, we have a uh, we have other events that's that's also doing it, but everybody seemed to follow IBGF rules, so we design everything based on that. And of course, we know we go crazy sometimes. We, we when we know that for a fact that we're not designing for IBGF, that's when we go crazy with it. Like we know we're like, okay, let's go all out on this gig. What can we do? Right. See, like where you can push it. Yeah. See, Sean, there's hope for you. We'll get you. We'll get you a gear one day. I need like a A5 top, an A3 pants, <laughs> and then he's basically no, he's like no. it's like Iron Giant. Yeah, Sean, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk off air. You got it. I'll Alex. make sure. I'll make sure to send you some some geese and see what fits. All right. Yeah, for sure, dude. I'm I'm a, I'm a weirdo though. I'm I'm six foot one with a thirty inch inseam. <laughs> So I look like a giant midget. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's not the right yeah, word. No, that's about right. A giant little person. So I was actually showing Sean the patch you guys made with the Thanos hand um, for that the Kyotera student, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. That came out so sick. Is that going to be a one-off or is that something you guys are going to put out there? No, no, no. We're not putting that out there. It's actually not ours, right? It's it was designed by someone else, and we just helped them put it on the gi. So, so yeah. Speaking of patching, that's how we kind of like started our when we when we came into the game because I I remember seeing I think it was Galvao when I saw Galvao with his patches, I just didn't understand why they were not symmetric. Like, how come this Patches are not symmetric. Like, why? So when when I came into the game, I knew how to, um, I knew how to patch t-shirt and make t-shirt. So I was like, wait a minute. If you guys are cutting weight and you guys want to make weight, why don't you guys use a heat press vinyl onto the gi? So that's how we kind of came into the game also as well. Like we 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 patched up all our friends. And uh, we wanted to like you know make it cooler than than usual you know like different colors or 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 all the same colors so that way they look symmetric they look nice and they don't look all effed up you know. Thank, thank you for that, Al, because I my OCD kicks in when I see that at like competitions and I see it all jacked up on the back. Just like yes, five I mean, different yes. sizes. Uh, you ever see uh, Ensign Inouye's patches like back in the day when he competed with like the geese and stuff? That oh yeah yeah yeah, but you know for some reason there's some like I love everything Japanese <laughs> and and there's something there's something about sometimes the way Japanese does it that it makes it okay. I don't know what it is, but you know I love everything Japanese like JDM cars and um, especially Isami the way they patch up their geese but but i know i get it like when it's insanely patches everywhere it gets a little crazy yeah but i i do i do know what you're talking about i've seen that see i want to do kind of like a, a replica patches from like a akira like the jacket that he had in akira with all the different bike patches and stuff on there i want to do something like that that'd be kind of dope that's that's rad yeah but that's just me don't take my ideas out <laughs> Take him out. He's not gonna do shit. I can't do a damn thing with him. <laughs> I can barely get my own patch. So, what's what's your scene then for jujitsu? I mean, because of what you do, I'm assuming everybody once in a while comes up to like, hey, uh, how how about one versus need uh, sponsors me? Uh, you know, I compete locally. 
Yeah, no, we, 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 we get a lot of that, you know, um, uh, you know, so like, I always have criteria of things that when we do a sponsorship and this is, this is kind of like just top of my head, you know, one, you know, it's usually people that is killing it on the game. You know, we usually look for purple and up in IBGF events that, that are winning all the time. Right. That's one. And people that even though not 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 like winning every event but people that have supported us in the past you know buying our gears and you know they are really trying to be out there sometimes people are just different right people can't win all the time so people that have supported us in the past but doing by any means in their own term right those that type of people that we usually be like hit them up or they hit us up like hey you know what you've been doing this let's get you on let's get you on board you know or like the third one would be like, or people that we just dig, you know, like people that we like are stoked on, you know, like, oh, even though that guy's not doing all that, but like, he's so cool. He's so dope. Like, you know, as, as like one of our friends or one of the people that we know, you know? Right. Well, you, you just described me to a T. <laughs> <laughs> See, then it gets to the thirsty people like that. Well, I, I don't mean sponsorship. He's just talking dope. <laughs> I'm a dope, I'm a, you, yeah, you definitely are dope. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know, we get a lot of emails about sponsorship, and there's one thing that, you, like, a lot of people that I think kind of, you know, sell themselves very poorly when they send an email out. Uh, you know, I get it. I get that you you want to get sponsored, but sometimes you need to take a little bit of time of like of like what we can do for you and what you can do for us not just one way right so like you know you can't just be like hey i'm a purple belt you know would you sponsor me you know sell yourself a little bit more like be professional yeah not just be professional but sometimes people stand out yeah just stand Stand out be like you know i'm really like an example there was this uh this little girl coming from uh with, with her dad from brazil and even though the we don't sponsor we don't sponsor kids now but the way he put his email was like look we're not the best but we are heading we're going to the u.s we're going to try to live there to look for a future for my daughter and for ourselves and you know let me know if there's anything that we can do or you can do for us so back to back like it's just this kind of email like just have some kind of story behind it so people were like oh wow okay this person's really trying instead of just like hey my name is sean i'm a purple belt sponsor me you know it sounds about right (laughs) (laughs) sean's a black belt but that's pretty much it that's the same thing (laughs) but yeah i've never asked for a sponsorship yeah so people just need to sell themselves a little bit highly higher than just you know some people might not know who you are you know so you know, you gotta give I would ask for videos. <laughs> I would I would say if you want a sponsorship with us, send me a video. And I would want like eighties cheesy commercial like old Taco Bell commercials. No, no, no. Have you ever seen those dating web or like video dating websites from the eighties? <laughs> <laughs> Just do it that way. <laughs> Just do it that Just way. make them super creepy. Well that like showing them working out. Or like doing doing something fun. But see, it's funny though. You're not wrong because like remember, like one of the first episodes that I actually did with the podcast is talking about like how to get a sponsorship. Because my my thing that I do is marketing. I work in digital marketing and I work with bands and and athletes and I work with like a lot of the UFC fighters. And people always say, "Oh, why can't I get a sponsor?" It's like, guy, you're not doing anything. You're not actually selling yourself. Like people, I think now are starting to get more of the idea that. They are a brand, but not like just a physical brand itself. But everything that you do represents something. People need to find a way to to relate to that. And that makes you a brand. You're relatable. That sells you off to people. Yeah. Yep. And and, and have more than 300 followers on your social media. But see, like you say that, like that's not the case because it could be like he, like I was talking about. It's like it's you might be on the, the coming up and someone might not have discovered you yet. But you have that 
that mentality of you're going to work for it and you're going to make something of yourself like come hell or high water. I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have, you gotta have that you, you gotta have that passion to like that it shows to others. You know, like you here. This is what I'm trying to do, and you can you can fully see it and read it. You know. Yeah. Sorry, this guy is going crazy, making so many noises, setting off an OCD. You hear this guy? <laughs> so, speaking of the passion now, though. You did a collaboration with Illust and coming off of like your racing background, how, how much of that was it really about jujitsu or was it really like you guys just, just kind of went off and just talked about racing the whole time? Um, so, uh, so just to give you guys a background of like Illust, Illust and I, uh, Mark Arsenal, Jay Pizarro, have been friends for about a decade. We go way back, you know, since we started drifting. So we we know each other from that. And you know, um, when when we were talking about this, we knew everyone was looking forward to it. Like even when we started making geese, that was firsthand. People were asking about it. Like let's make an illis gee. Let's make let's make a collaboration together. And you know, I kind of waited because I felt like, look, let me. Let me represent what versus need on my own and let me stand up on my own. So before we do this collab, like we're just not riding on, on you guys, uh, you know, on you guys. So we, I kind of waited for almost a year to do that collaboration. And, but we'd talk about it for a while, but, uh, but definitely, you know, like I said, we're, we're friends. We never, we like, when I like to do collab, I don't like to talk about like, what how we should do it on you know, stuff like I, I just want it to come normal you know organically in regards to like oh shoot you guys are doing that we're doing this oh man you know it just we just want it to you know come around organically that we're not we're not trying to push it you know just to make money and whatnot you're not trying to make like the pop tracks of of jujitsu yeah well, you, you know, I have a theory with jujitsu. Like the, you know, there, for years we had that creonch attitude. <laughs> you know, like you can't cross train, you can't go to this school, dude. We all love the same thing. Do you know how rare that is? Yeah, I mean, if we can all love the same thing, why can't we work together? Exactly. It's a passion. Everybody that does jujitsu long, if you're a blue belt or above, it's a passion. Yeah. You, you're not giving it up normally. There's there's a lot of even like white belts, you know. You once that bite bites you, it's kind of like they become more passionate than than other people. Yeah, I mean, I always say like, as long as you are doing it, what does it matter? Like, how does that affect in your life, right? And then you know, when when I hear those kind of people, I usually just try to try try to get away from them because you know, we become what we think about, you know, thoughts, feeling, action, and results, right? Like when, when when you when people think like that, and when you're surrounded by that, just that by that people being negative, like oh look at that guy, he's going over there and whatnot, and he's just constantly having that negative conversation. Is like man, who cares? They are doing jujitsu, and we can't have we don't have enough people doing jujitsu as you think we are. You know, like it's great that they're still doing it. Who cares? Move on. Right, and it's true. It's it's kind of like we always talk about, especially on the podcast, it's always about trying to be positive and, and spreading that positivity. But you said coming from, from a company point of view, how much do you really see like jujitsu growing from your point of view? Because everybody says, oh, you know, jujitsu is growing, it's growing, it's getting bigger and bigger. But is it really as big as people are thinking or do you still say like it's relatively small in comparison? Oh, it's it's very small com- com- compared to a lot of things in the sport, right? Like if you think about it, like judo, you know, it's it's way smaller than judo. I mean, even even like, you know, probably a lot of people will hit me up and hate me on this, but like karate, right? Karate, taekwondo, is way bigger, way bigger than jujitsu. So when when people you know, say it's growing. Yeah, it's growing, but it's 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 still very small. Like 
if you go to 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 world championship and you know to you know one of the biggest events is Pan Ams, like you don't see millions of people there or even thousands, right? You don't you don't see thousands of people there at one time. So, but you know, maybe that's maybe that's a good thing too. Maybe 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 we need to to mature a little bit more, and maybe we need to have some kind of changes before we grow too fast and too big, right? Like an example, like drifting grew way too fast and way too big that um, I think now it kind of slowed down and and they plateau and kind of got stuck where they are now because I think they got way too big and too fast and 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 it's harder for a lot of the the small you know team to come in and be able to um to compete with the bigger guys so and i'm 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 actually very glad that ibgf has this um point system now that when you compete at worlds as a black belt you need to be able you need to qualify which is i think that's a good start because so that way it kind of makes it more a little bit more professional so you don't you don't kind of see just anyone going in there and uh Fighting uh, uh, Bushesha or Cabrinha or Hafa Mendes, and and tired him up for the final instead of seeing the best with the best in the finals, right? Like that guy, the was it the Taekwondo guy that came in and fought Galbao, and he just got danced on. Oh my god, bro! I have a story about that. Oh please, if we can just yeah. <laughs> okay, when I came into jiu-jitsu, I saw Galbao did that. And I have this, like, I hated Galvao when he did that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I could never like this guy. Like, why does he have to do that? Because I didn't understand, you know? I didn't understand, like, why is he, like, doing that to that guy? Why don't he just, like, you know, tap him out and, you know, move on instead of pushing him? So I have this hate for Galvao for many years <laughs> until I found out what it was. But, you know, it's, it, it's the, that video really, really, like, like made me hate Galvao. <laughs> it's all about content. But now, right? just FYI, yes, just FYI, I like Galvao, by the way. Now, disclaimer. <laughs> but that, you know, what's funny is like you. It's almost as bad as um, if you ever saw was it Hafa Mendez in Japan when he went to go compete at IBJJF in Japan. Bro, have you ever that seen was that? So, it was so bad. That was unreal. And that was. You can't even say anything. You, well, you know, yeah, what you say is, is there's levels to this shit. For sure. You know? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's mm-hmm. almost like unfair to sit there and say like, okay, you're going to go over there and you think that you're going to have like a tough competition. You know exactly what you're getting into. That's like me saying like, I'm going to go race out on a drift like contest. Like, yeah, no. Well, uh, well, I'm just going to be like, hey, uh, so I can start the car and I can get into fourth gear and what now? <laughs> So here's the thing, Al. I've been a black belt for three and a half years. I won the Worlds at Brown Belt, but not the real Worlds, the old man Worlds. Old man Worlds. I would not go and compete against the Purple Belts at the World because those guys are on a different level than what I'm on. I understand that. I I agree with you. I mean, you know, coming up from looking at 2010 Worlds, to to now it's insanely insanely different like you got blue belts that are just killing the game that are tapping black belts an example like that kid uh roberto jimenez uh-huh i mean he was a he was a what's it called a teenager at the time when he was a blue belt and he was tapping out black belts well we we used to train with uh mikey musumeci <laughs> oh even mikey Mikey yes. is insanely good. Well, I mean, we, he started here as a purple belt. I was a brown belt, <coughs> and I outweighed him by probably like 200 pounds. And <laughs> I could not pass his frigging guard. I couldn't. Insane. Yeah, it's so yeah. nuts. I, I mean, we, we've been fortunate enough. Like, I, I've been training under Sean for a couple of years, and then I switched schools just out of necessity. But I mean, we've been fortunate enough to train with literally some of the best people in the world. And then not only even just in jiu-jitsu, but then we end up getting a lot of the MMA fighters. So 
Mikey comes in and trains with us, and then next thing I know, it's Gilbert comes in, and then it randomly one day Hensel will decide to come into the gym. It, it was just so crazy, as a white belt into a blue belt. So it's it's one of those things like, like Sean said, there's levels to it, and I know where my level's been from day one. I have never made any qualms or or guessed as to where I'm at on that scale. It's so nutty. Yeah, and then and you guys have to deal with that. <laughs> I'll start up a, a a tournament just for you, Sean. Like Kyle, Kyle Terra is going into. You know, he competed, I think, one time at the um, uh, Master Master One, and he just embarrassed everybody. So see, like that's so not fair. I think there's got to be different different levels to to that too there's got to be a different category set up to that i guess just not gonna happen that's like all of a sudden roy jones deciding you know what i'm gonna go into like amateur like boxing for over 40 it won't matter it's still roy jones yeah did you see the the video i think it came out about a week ago of a, a nogi tournament and it's this young kid he had to be like 15 years old going up against this other guy he had to be like early 20s and the kid just sat down. He just sat down and just kind of waited, kind of scooed forward. And the guy got so cocky that he did the the Nick Diaz, oh, like he yes. laid down on his side. Yes. Did you see that? Yes, I have. Yeah. Have you I seen this, Sean? I did not see it. And he oh. tapped him. He tapped him so good, too. It was probably one of the best, like, humble moments oh, yeah. ever. yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. So, like, I'm curious to hear, like, your opinion of someone that, that kind of came in supporting the lower belts and then you see something like that. What well, runs through your head? I mean, you know, I always have to go for the underdog, man. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm more like an underdog guy. So, I, I, I mean, you know, you never want to overlook your opponent. I mean, there's this one guy. I mean, there's two guys, actually. The Meow Brothers. You know, I've... I've seen him in person. I've uh, I've trained with them. I've took him around, you know, to places and stuff. And one thing that they always tell me is, no matter what, who you're going against with, is never underestimate them. No matter what. So when you see these guys compete all the time, they never underestimate anybody. They are going in there to go for it. Like they're not trying to like pass your guard release and then repass the guard those guys never do that they just they go in there to make sure that you know i have to win this you know either by tapping you out or you know that way people can see that you know we're not here to like just underestimate anybody i i have a theory <clears throat> well no it's a, it's a, just a lot it's along these lines same thing is nobody is as tough or as weak as you expect them to be like, there's been guys that you think, you know, you train against them. They're going to be easy. Look at this guy. It's like me when I roll with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of that. Yeah, you're like – and then you, then you start rolling with them, and, and people are feisty, feisty and wiry. They, they want to, like, bony and push on your <laughs> <laughs> So I'm actually kind of curious because you, you, you seem to have a very – positive mentality uh, like not even just in just jujitsu but kind of in your everyday life in general is this kind of like the way you've always approached things or is this something that that you kind of like acquired just going through life uh no this is something that i just kind of learned uh throughout the years in regards to to you know by just listening to other people that's just doing it or have done it right um, you know, I'm surrounded with great people and, and, you know, like I had a really, really bad ego when I was young. I was, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an immigrant. I came here when I was, uh, about 10 years old and from Philippines. And when I came in here, I had no friends. So I wanted to belong to something. Right. And I got into a really bad group of people, got into gangs, uh, you know, Yada yada, and then you know, growing up, it was just always I was always just like trying to prove myself to everybody because 
I wanted I wanted everyone to look at me that I'm tough or I'm 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 better than 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 they are. But but that that didn't work out for me. You know, when I was getting older, the more I did that way. So basically, like the the the, the thoughts in your head or what you're thinking, it's 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 it creates that the action, right? And the action that you do is it creates the result. So, um, so definitely, like you know, when when I started having when I when I had my second kid, I knew I had to change. I knew I had to look. I had to look for new group of people new friends and uh and just you know just listen to the people that have done it so it, it's it's years of like of of just uh learning new things from different people uh and stuff like that you know i try to be as positive as as much as i can to people now and because i know it works right it, it works like if if you're thinking that today you know it's going to be a great day Rather than you know when you're waking up and like, man, I hate my job, and then of course all day you're you're gonna be thinking that you hate your job. So instead of you know waking up and be like, oh great, I I, I it's I'm thankful that I'm awake, and I'm thankful that I have a job, and and it creates that like that feeling inside you, right? And it regards oh okay great now we want to get up and while we want to do work and stuff like that. But no, definitely it's it's uh. You know, shout out to uh, to a lot of people out there um, that that have helped me. You know, like life coaches, and uh, that it's 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 up to you to to make that change too. You know. Yeah, it's definitely the the mindset on on how yeah. you approach everything. I just started reading a book called "Unfuck Yourself." Oh, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is no no it, it's a great book alex it's everything that you've been saying about uh thoughts and and um you know how how it's like that jocko willing kind yeah. of uh oh uh, yeah his he, yeah his book is great yeah this if, if you're looking for something along those lines if you're bored pick it up man it's really good oh man i read i mean i don't read a lot of books but i listen to a lot of books it's well here's what's cool about this one this guy that wrote it and, and on the audible, he's Scottish. <laughs> so you, so you it makes that. it sound cool. Oh yeah, dude! You're trying to listen to him when he's saying "unfuck yourself." Oh, man. I, yeah, I have to see. I actually saw it. it's funny because I saw it the other day. I saw an ad pop up for it. I have to check it out. For me, it was as cheesy as it sounds. Um, I randomly saw this book in Barnes and Nobles called Quantum Affirmations. And it was kind of like along the lines of like the secret and all that stuff. So I took everything with a grain of salt. But it was one thing that sh- that I really kind of stuck to. And it's as soon as you wake up in the morning, you before you even put your feet on the floor, just go through your head and say everything positive that you want to do. Plan out what you want and, and plan out for the success that you want and work for it. But don't get out of bed until you have the right mentality. And... I mean, little weird things started to happen just after that. Once I started doing that every day, those little things that pop up like, hey, that's kind of weird. That's like literally what I was like saying to myself this morning that I wanted to happen. That's what I was talking about. And then you start putting out and it's it really comes down to the energy that you put out into this universe is the one that you get back. Oh, no, no, I I did. That's yeah, definitely. Like I know I know for a fact that if I don't get up in a positive way my my day sometimes can really really sucky you know like so i always have to like bring myself like before i wake up is like i always have to think what my goal is or how thankful i am and and stuff like that and it it, it helps when you guys like you know a lot, everyone has a phone nowadays like just make notes of of the stuff that that you are thankful for or at least some kind of goal so it makes it easier you know like you know, like I have this uh, seven equities, you know, like mind, body, soul, family, friends, business, and then money, the very last. So those things help when you when you wake up and you can be able to read it to yourself or at least like have it in your head to be thankful for. Your day would be so much better. I know everyone's having a hard time out there, but, you know, it, your attitude is is it's the one that's going to make your day. Well, you, we, we create our own reality. It's, it's up to you to make that choice every morning. 
Yeah. But also, you know, you got to be real to yourself, right? Like, you can't just be like, you can't just be waking up, oh, today I'm going to be a millionaire. Like, it, that's, that's something, that, that's a long goal term, you know? Like, you have to be real in regards to, like, what you have now and to think about how you can be positive of, what, of, who, of where you are now. How do you, rather think, than, how do you guys yeah, think rather, I got to date uh, Mackenzie Dern? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's, uh... <laughs> he doesn't know that yet, no. Just so you know, she doesn't. She's not. She doesn't remember. I know somebody. I know her boyfriend might want to have a conversation with you on that. Oh, one. <laughs> way too young for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny though? Like, I always say that everybody gets dealt a different like hand of cards, but every day that you wake up, you have an opportunity to to do something with them, and it's really up to you on what you do with them. You know, you might get a a shit deal but you still have an opportunity to do something with it yep no that's i i say the same thing and you just gotta step back and and think like if you're in a bad attitude or bad mood just step back and be like okay why am i in the bad mood okay great now let's assist this and and figure out why and how we can fix it so by within 30 to 45 minutes you'll be like okay i'm over it now now let's let's move on and and kill whatever we need to kill in order for us to forward with that goal for sure yeah well i know that that you you're running out of time but i think that's definitely the best way to to end the podcast on 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 that positive note um al i wanted to really just thank you for taking the time i know you're a busy man um but i wanted to thank you for taking the time and jumping on the podcast i definitely want to get you back on here one of these days and and talk some more racing (laughs) No, definitely. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, thank you, Sean. Thanks, Alexis, for, you know, for this. No, anytime. And anytime you want to jump on and and, and talk uh, talk comic books and stuff, we never got a chance to really talk into comic books and stuff. But I know we, we all have a big conversation to have on that. Uh, just let me know. You're welcome on this podcast anytime. No, definitely. Thank you. Um, so before we sign off, I want to just tell everybody, go ahead and be sure to check out wantversusneed.com. Go follow Al. Go follow the company. Go support them. Check them out on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Twitter is uh, wantversusneed. Instagram is the same, I believe, right? Wantversusneed? Yes, sir. So, yeah. So, guys, give them a follow. Check them out. You got some cool stuff. And uh, you also have the HBA crew, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, We, we that's uh, the whole members that we have. Yeah, that's a whole nother when- conversation. Oh uh, yeah, when's the sign up for that one? I gotta know when the sign up for that one is. <laughs> yeah, it's usually once a year, uh, in the very beginning of the year. But right now it's closed, and uh, we have a a long wait of lists. Oh yeah, I'll I'll sign up when that when that one comes back down. I'll put my name on that list. But Al, thank you very much again for taking the time, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, guys. Make sure to follow Sean. Sean, what's your Instagram again? Everything is at Gorilla Boy BJJ. Awesome. So, guys, give everybody a follow. Support us. If you like the podcast, go ahead and share. And thank you very much. Catch you next time. Peace. You can't leave us. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Keep stealing. Woo! Wheeling, dealing. Living the right. Jet flying. Son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators.